When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Episode 89 of Outlander Cast is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. It's a place of discovering the best makeup and skincare products while uncovering your confidence as a woman. All the way from Cranston, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm your host, Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I still hate that neighbor. I still hate the neighbor. I've seen the episode now a few more times. Can't stand watching her. Just, um, what, what, what are we doing here with this lady? I love her. She's my spirit animal. Of course she's your spirit animal. You know, it's funny. Um, I spoke to a Rhode Island listener. I think her name was Erica. I think it is um, a Rhode Island listener. And she has said she had lived in Boston. And she said she agrees with you mm-hmm. that Boston people would have just walked right on by and that Rhode Islanders would help on out. I don't know, darling. I'm not, I'm not sure if Rhode Islanders would help out either. I did. <laughs> I would. Of course you would. You're a Gryffindor. <laughs> and I am... The best Slytherin on the planet. You're a wizard, Harry. That's just the truth, ladies Amen. and gentlemen. That's Amen. just the truth. <laughs> so, are you ready to, uh, for rather, our first listener feedback I'm episode? I'm so excited. So excited. So, if you're brand new to Outlander Cast, this is how we roll. We love to have our discussions, but also your discussions. So, always feel free after the episode airs to send us some tweets, some Facebook posts. Right, because your voice is just as valid as ours. I mean, we're fans. We're, we're, we're nobodies. We just happen to have... A microphone in front of our faces. So it's important that you engage with us to have your voice heard on this show as well. My darling, are you ready? Always. All right, let's do it. Kicking things off on Facebook, Chris Valley wrote in, just listening to the podcast now, does Blake believe BPC, meaning the Bonnie Prince, was killed at Culloden? I thought I heard him say something to the effect of, so glad Charlie got it in the head. Well, Chris, you are right. I did say that I'm so glad that Charlie got it in the head. Um, and I think I explained this on Facebook, but for those of you who were listening and did, uh, did hear me say that... Uh, no, it, I'm not confused. I do know that Bonnie Prince Charlie did not die at Culloden. Like the, the "got it in the head" phrase, that's just something 
I, I don't. I think I got it from my dad. Yeah. What does it mean? When you, when you get it in the head, like uh, you got what was coming to you. Like, oh man, you know, uh, who who got it right in the head lately? I don't know. Uh, the, I don't know the guy. The guy uh, who ran Uber, who was like making fun of all uh, all the all of his drivers and telling them that they were all losers and everything, and then they got fired. Okay. You got you got it right in the head. Yeah, you got yeah. it right in the head. Okay, all right. So it's just you know when you got something bad coming your way, you fail miserably. <laughs> Ellen Zawanda said a note about the male '40s characters. I've been treated that way more times in my life than I can count, including talking around me in order to talk to my husband. Hmm. Heck, I literally had a neighbor go tell me to get my husband after he didn't like an answer I gave him. So I don't think most modern men pick up on this or realize how truly bad it can be. You know, after, Ellen, after this show aired, and I was talking to my mom a little bit about the episode, um, my mom was telling me, so my my sister has special needs. It was my sister's birthday this week. And my mom was telling me that one of the first doctors, it was like the first pediatric neuro person that she had to meet with, he was old school. And he would tell the nurse, tell the mother X, Y, Z. Like he wouldn't even speak to my mom. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. intense. I know. That is intense. I don't I know. know. I, I guess you're right, um, Ellen. I, maybe as a man, I, I don't see it. I, I'm not like privy to all of these things. Um, I don't know. Even then, I mean, reality uh, in a show, I don't know. It's, see, I, I go back and forth on it because is it an excuse to portray reality the way that it has to be portrayed or should we make it a little bit more palatable and not so obvious for a television show? Because just because it's a television show doesn't mean it has to portray reality as reality exists, uh, especially in the 40s, given the somewhat enlightened culture that we have now. Things have progressed where I don't think we're getting that kind of activity as much as as it happened apparently in the 40s. So is reality an excuse for storytelling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think also this is important to know because we need to know this about Claire's character going forward. So this is how things were. This is how a strong-willed woman like Claire was probably treated, and I'm fine with it being in there. All right, Judy Cates on Facebook says, I just listened to the podcast for episode 301 and loved it. Thank you very much, Judy. Thank you, Judy. I have a few comments I think you will all find interesting. I went on an Outlander tour in Scotland a few weeks ago, which had guests, some cast and crew from the show, one of whom was Scott Kyle, who told us at first he was told that he would be in season three the Culloden episode, and he was, of course, very excited about Mm -hmm. that. But then, a little while later, he was contacted and told that he would not be needed for season three. Naturally, he was very disappointed, but found out that it was Diana's input that had cut him out. She said that it would not be right or consistent for Ross to fight at Culloden, because he had just made a vow with Kincaid to look after Kincaid's family after he died, which he did at Preston Pans. Diana actually called Scott to explain that to him and apologized, saying that she loved Scott's portrayal of Ross, but it wouldn't make sense to have him fight and die at Culloden. So that is a little behind-the-scenes info. I bet the Killick character 
was the replacement for Ross, although I would have loved to see Scott in that role. It bothered me a bit that we had not met Killick before. Just my opinion, although I see what Diana meant. I love this. I love that Diana actually explained this to Scott. That mm-hmm. is amazing. Like made made a phone call. Like Diana Gabaldon. Yeah. Author of Outlander. Yes. Is calling Scott Kyle to be like, hey, just so you know, like th- this is this is like the the deal. And I don't want you to be upset by that. That that's that's huge. And to get this information, like I'm super excited about that because yes. we were having that debate whether or not to what why they did or did not include Scott Kyle in this mm-hmm, episode. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he was planned and it shows that they had a plan for him, but Diana nixed it. And that's what you get when you when you are the author of the series. But I do agree that I would have loved to have known Kinnick a little bit more. I would agree with <laughs> so, that one. Lynn Henderson wrote in, "Sorry, Blake." But I have to call out Frank on this one. Mm -hmm. In that breakfast scene, from the first moment, Frank is all wrong. Claire is trying to move on and build a future for all three of them. And then he comes in with a line about rationing during the war. And then he complains about the tea and how it's better in England. Then it's how great is England. And he even mentions the Stuarts by name. Are you fracking kidding me, says Lynn. So say we all. (laughs) So say we all. Here Claire is trying to move forward. And it's Frank. That can't let go of the past. He deserved to get that ashtray thrown at him, said Lynn. Mm, although I feel like Frank was just trying to be funny about the tea and the bacon. The diapers. And the diapers and all that. I feel like he's just... Because clearly, she clearly was like not engaging with him at all. And if you're just trying to make a conversation, then they're just trying to make a conversation. Yeah. You know okay, what I mean? Okay. So I'm not sure if they were stuck in the past. It's just more something like... I'm not sure how much they can actually relate to each other about right now. And he is trying to find anything to talk to I was to cool with the typers and the tea, but once he started to get a little snarky and thrown in the Stuarts, I was like, But remember, oh, Frank. remember, he got a little snarky because she flinched at him trying to touch the belly. Yes. So, and that, to me, is a, res- a direct response to the, the flinching thing, which, by the way, again, coming from Claire's perspective... I understand why she did because she's just, in my opinion, not ready to handle all this stuff with Frank. So having him touch her belly may not be the best thing, mm-hmm. but that doesn't excuse the fact or it doesn't it, it doesn't um, nullify the fact that Frank can't be hurt or dismayed by the fact that he can't touch the belly. Do you know what I mean? I do. I do. He's human. He's going to be like, oh, okay, that sucks. And he's going to get pissed off by that. Yeah. <sighs> She's nine months pregnant, so he just shouldn't take everything so personally. (laughs) Martha Weaver chimes in. She says, I watched the episode for a second time tonight, and a thought struck me. I know everyone is saying, poor Frank. Frank has it so rough, etc. But Frank does get something that Jamie never will. Tell me. Frank gets to hold Jamie's baby. Frank gets to raise Jamie's baby. Frank gets to give Jamie's baby his name. Frank does get an amazing thing out of all of this. He gets Brianna. Is Frank's relationship with Claire heartbreaking? Absolutely. Does Frank get to see his dream of becoming a father come true? Yes, and in a wonderful way. And this is all based on knowledge from the end of season two that you get from Brianna talking about her daddy and him being the only wonderful father she has ever known. Martha, wow. Right? Uh, yeah, I mic mean, drop from Martha. That's a total mic drop. I, I'm, I'm just going to leave. She said it best. I'm just going to leave it like that. <laughs> Good. 
On Instagram, Carol Connell944 said the battle scenes weren't too long for me since I read the book and hated to see the dead die, die dead and dying over and over. I'm on Burgundy? One day I can read. One day I'll be able to read. <laughs> I understand, says Karen, using the battlefield for flashbacks, but I wanted to move on to the cabin and get on with the story. This episode left me feeling sad and depressed, and I don't think I'll watch it for a second time like I usually do with the episodes. Too sad onward, she wow. says. Here's the scoop three on Instagram. Said finally, finally, <laughs> great for that. Um, I don't know, Blake, you're not leaving a space in this Google Doc. It's very hard for me to read. It's very hard for I'm me. I'm on Burgundy. <laughs> Here's the scoop how many, three. How many times am I going to play that this episode? Way too many. I'm out of practice. Uh, would have liked to see more of Jamie's reaction to Claire's being gone at the Stones rather than in flashes. Sam's eyes did most of his acting, award winning. Frank was never, ever, never this kind. Never told Claire he loved her. Period. Another Frank love fest for three more episodes. Oh, come on. Here's the scoop three. That is not fair. Well. Just because it's the way, that way in the book doesn't mean it's got to be the way in the show. And yes. The, 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 the mythology of the show has clearly set up Frank as someone who is, sorry, Mary just knocked her, like basically her headphones out of like commission. Um, the, the show has clearly set up Frank as someone who loves Claire and loves her unbelievably. And I would understand your problem, here's the scoop three, if the show first established Claire, uh, Frank as the person that you're describing. Never told Claire he loved her. Uh, you know, Frank was just this guy that was there and dismissed her. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, Claire, you're the best. Blah, 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 Claire. But that's not the case. In the show, and you have to accept this as it is, because it is a show and not the book, that Frank has established as a character that is good, that loves her, and will really pretty much do anything for Claire to make her happy and make her feel good. As such, you have to accept that logic, that Frank is a loving man. And just because it's in the book doesn't make it right, and it doesn't make it the only canon that what you have I do to accept. Like- is that she wanted to see more of Jamie's reaction to Claire's being gone at the Stones rather than in flashes? That if I could watch that in slow mo, yeah, that's what I need. I need that in a montage, just slow mo of him, him looking like. Think about it, guys. He literally just saw her disappear. Yeah, I don't know. He I, held I, her hand, and then that was it. And then her hand was gone. She was gone. She was gone. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of like it with the flashbacks. No, I love it. I'm saying I wish it was in slow I wish I could watch it so I could see it every hour. I, Wait, are I, you saying you want to see her go all Marty McFly and, and disappear? No, I'm saying I just loved those like two or three seconds. Oh, okay. All right. And I want to see them on repeat for 60 seconds because they gave me all the feels. All right, I As gotcha. a book reader, you don't get to see that. You know, yeah, and so it was kind of magically and, and terribly sad, and then to see him just come out on the horse and be like, "All right, it's time to go die. Like, yep. It's time to go fight." Like, God, how <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. Mister Way T said it was more meh for me. I was wow. expecting more and was disappointed. More from Ron Moore, not the actors. Last season, both episode one and 13 left you raw with goosebumps. I wanted that with 301, and I didn't feel it. Sam was good, but I'm not a Claire Frank fan. I love Tobias, but Blackjack Randall is gone. 
So that is a bummer. I really thought Rupert was good. That was special, and we got only one tiny glimpse of Murtaugh? Nope. I also expected a flash forward like we had the beginning of season one and two, but we didn't get it. Very disappointed about that. Why did we wait until September if you weren't using footage from South Africa in episode one? So yeah, disappointed. So, Mr. Waitee, I will tell you this. I mean, why why do we wait till September? Got you got you got to edit. There's lots of editing. Well, uh, consider the massive undertaking that is this show. Yeah, it's a period piece, but not just a period piece in one era. It's a period piece in two eras, and it has to be filmed battle scenes. It has to be edited. It has to be written. Multiple countries has, uh, all over the place. It, that, that's the reason why you got to wait. And listen, I don't know what why the hell we're having South Africa, uh, and it's not. I know that they were filming in South yeah. Af- South Africa, and I get it. And the reason why they were filming in South Africa is because that is where Black Sails was, is. Yeah, they needed those boats. Filmed, and they're using boats. Okay, that's all that's I all know. You need to know. That's all you need okay. to know, Jon Snow. So why am I getting a flash forward? Technically, I suppose if you wanted to flash forward to the part of South Africa, that's actually a flashback. And oh my god, my brain hurts. It, it's it's just you know. Don't worry, Mister Way T. Where we're going, we don't need. Rose. We'll be getting to that. We'll be getting to that. We're, I am assuming we will not be getting to South Africa until episode seven. Instagram was a little negative Maybe on this episode. episode eight. You know, Instagram, it's okay. I think more people on Instagram need to join our clan gathering because that's where all the love is. That's the love. I, well, you know, he was saying, Mr. Way T is saying that they didn't feel emotionally raw. And I mean, I could appreciate that. That that's your point. That's your that's your. I know who to blame. Position. Who do you blame? I blame Droughtlander. So I get this. This is what Mister Way T is saying because this is not a single remark that like a sole person who's like, Meh. I think Droughtlander went on for a long time, way and longer than some people. To. Some people's fire went a little out. Yes. I mean, so, they, they have, it's kind of like the political parties. Like, you got your base, you got nerds like us, mm-hmm. but then you have other people who love the show but got away from it and they're like, all right. And oh, if you Lander's got back. away from it and you weren't, you know, leading up to it, what, rewatching season one and two and listening to the interviews and reading the blog posts, like, if you weren't in it, if you mm-hmm. weren't knee deep in that Outlander, if you weren't watching those interviews, if you weren't on the Outlander train and then you got that episode. And you haven't really, you know, been on the Outlander love train. Maybe it didn't make you feel raw. Because you are not uh, in the thick of it right now with these characters. I would agree. That, and But I, I disagree in one sense. When we were watching the premiere of Halt and Catch Fire mm-hmm. recently, I turned to you and I said... And minor things were happening in the premiere. In Halt and Catch Fire is like my is my one of my favorite shows of all time. It's on AMC. Go check it out. It's amazing. But we were watching it. We were like, oh my god! And nothing was really happening in the premiere. But I was saying, this is so amazing. But because you just wait, said- let me finish. Because the characters have so much weight behind them. We have so much history with these characters. And I feel like in Outlander. Mm-hmm. Seeing Rupert there, seeing Ugh. Jamie and seeing Murtaugh Claire and Frank second. and Murtaugh, you have so much invested in them. Mm-hmm. And you ha- and any time that they reunite in any way, there's so much weight given the collective history between all these characters. Yep. 
so I feel like the even though you may have lost touch with the show potentially mm-hmm. that caring and that um that necessary need that raw feeling is already baked in to the show mm-hmm. because once you see the people come back all of those emotions come back all of those it did for me i'm just saying i think for some people it didn't and that's okay right um hang on to your butts hold on to your butts where's my welcome thank you to jurassic park Hold on to your butts, guys, because it's this is a journey. So I don't know if Mr. Waitee is a book reader or not. Just hold on tight, Spider Monkey. Okay. It's okay. Angel Pay, New England writer. I'm thinking that's what any writer said. So amazing. I was most impressed with the juxtaposition of Jamie lying in the mud, flashing back to the battle. Sam had to carry all that horror in his face with his eyes and the breathing and also communicated his physical pain. The surreal feeling of it all was mesmerizing. Well shot and well done. These battle scenes must have taken forever to shoot. So, you know, just even seeing that, talk about a juxtaposition. Mm. These two different comments. And that's what is so interesting. And that's why I'm trying to like, okay, I loved the show. You loved the show. Probably 99.9% of the people listening to this podcast loved the show. Right. But there are some people who didn't love this episode. And it's interesting to see that what you may love, some other people did not. And right. I cannot wait for this uh, this season because I think it's going to make a lot of people love it. All right. What did Biddy K67 say? Biddy K67 said, I loved the exchange between Rupert and Jamie and Jamie's reaction after the gunshot. Oh. Frank's tears sliding down his cheek when he handed Brianna to Claire for the first time was equally touching. These actors are so good. Yes. Loved the whole episode. Yes. Favorite was uh, Jamie's portrayal of wanting to die and how well it kept with the book. Good job to all, even Lord Melton. But she missed Mr. Uh, Jamie saying goodbye to Murtaugh. Oh, Curry in a hurry said, where to begin? I love that Rupert found Jamie in the field and he expresses his acceptance of Jamie's Jamie's role in Dougal's death, even though he does not understand why. Mm. I love that it is Rupert who becomes the laird of the men in the farmhouse. Not sure how I feel about knowing with certainty that Jamie killed BJR. In the books, uh, Murray's role in this is not clear. I truly appreciate how hard Frank tries to connect with Claire. I hate that the substitute duck knocks out Claire and Brianna's birth is not 18th century style. So sad to see the bird, a bit of nature, and Claire's separated by a window. Murta, not Murray. Darn autocorrect. Oh, gosh. I'm like, what? I'm just Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I'm like, Murray? Who was Murray? Yeah. Okay, I'm really... Blake, you need to take care of these before I read this them. This is not me. This is just the comment. I'm saying you need to check them because I read what is written. <laughs> I read what is written. Darn autocorrect and darn Mary. <laughs> anyway, just ex- just uh, expunge anything that said Murray. Um, I feel hope for Jamie and Claire in their ending scenes. Jamie has arrived at Lala Rock alive and in Jenny's good hands. Claire and Frank express hope for their new beginning and it seems Claire might really be ready. But where did Brianna get the red hair? Oh, my aching heart. Already anticipating season four. And then Riley Ritchie says, I think they show Murta in the opening scene when they are panning through the dead bodies. They really focus on one body. Dark hair in a ponytail. Just my guess. Don't know for sure. Riley Ritchie, I... Wait, went... is this Riley Ritchie or Andrea Capps? I don't know. There's Riley Ritchie at Andrea Capps. One of these people. Whatever. Whatevs. 
whoever you are, I went back and, and looked, I think, at what you were talking about. And it's not Murtaugh. Are you sure? I'm almost positive. Almost, but not positive. Well, I'm probably just as positive as she is that she thinks that it's it's Murtaugh. She said, I, I think. I think that it's not. Good. There you go. <laughs> I hope not. I hope he comes I, I, back. I want to go back to one thing here from O Curry in a Hurry. Which is an amazing Instagram handle, <laughs> by the way. You don't know in the books who killed Blackjack Randall? You really don't? That would drive me effing insane. Do I know something? What? He looks over and there's a crow eating his eyes. Oh, that's kind of cool. See, so it wouldn't drive you insane. Well, no, but it would still drive me nuts because <laughs> I think it's better that Jamie that Jamie kills Blackjack Randall. Jamie finally gets his 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 due, his his things that he needs. I mean, I don't know. I, I just I feel like I, I feel like you know, Jamie deserves to kill Blackjack Randall, right? Mm-hmm. Jamie deserves and they they both deserve it. They both deserve to confront each other. Blackjack Randall deserves it because he wants to do what he promised he was going to do to Jamie, which was kill him. That was his word. That was the thing he said he was going to do. Jamie wants to get back at him because of what happened at Wentworth. And I get that. And thematically, well, not thematically, but but pragmatically... There you go. There we go. Pragmatically, it's good because Jamie finally gets closure. We get closure over what happened at Wentworth. We get to see Blackjack Randall get what was coming to. In other words, Blackjack Randall got it right in the head, and he deserved it. That's what I'm going to say on this. On Twitter, Brooke Margaret says, what? Got right in the head. <laughs> Brooke Margaret says, you can't just give me a Murtaugh and take him away again. It's as mean as a gray family dead of honor. And by the way, um, Outlander cast, you are my number one new Outlander podcast. No way! Hi-yo! Well, Brooke Margaret, thank you so much for uh, for listening to us and be and having us be your number one Outlander podcast. That just makes me very happy. Jennifer Hernandez says the scene where Jamie, uh, otherwise known as Sam Hewen, uses a piece of Scotland as or grass and soil to suffocate a red coat is brilliant. Right. I agree. I really liked it. I know there were some people that that weren't keen on it, but just like this idea of the real base, mm-hmm. the real, I'm going to say this, but grassroots Lucky of you. Scotland killing this Englishman. Oh, my, I, I love it. Love it. Amy, um, Amy5463 said, I'm loving the attention to detail, which matches my OCD perfectly. Thanks, Mary and Blake. Oh, well, you're welcome. Yay. An email we got from Dawn. Oh, Dawn we got, we, we're missing what? one. We're oh. missing one. Anna Spain. Yes. She says, listened to your podcast again this morning. Well, thank you very much, Anna, for listening to it multiple times. Blake, I understand that you need great character for a story, but sometimes you need a bit of plot for the next step in the story. And, and I agree, Anna, you do need, sometimes, you just need plot. And a show, this, this should be a commandment of Mary and Blake's oh Outlander cast. Okay. okay, we're going to have a commandment, okay? 
in order for you to have a good episode of Outlander, Mm -hmm. you need balance. And by balance, this is what I mean. You need good characters and character motivations, good plot so that the story does make sense and that it does go somewhere. Yeah. And you need it to be visually striking. Okay? You can have a whole bunch of character work, but it never goes anywhere. Uh, uh, you know, for example, like uh, a show like Rectify. Really great pl- uh, character work, but it's just very slow. Bloodline, same thing. Slow, slow, slow. Not a whole ton happens. Then you have a sh- uh, shows that have tons of plot. Billions for example. Oh my gosh, how many shows do you watch? I watch all of them. How? And then you need it to be visually striking. Okay, Game of Thrones, Outlander. And then you need, but in order to have a really great show, you need balance of all three. So what I was suggesting for season two was that season two was just plot, 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 plot. You get plot and you get plot. Everybody gets plot. And it was visually striking but the characters were just so lacking. And that is why the first episode of season three was in effing credible. Because it had great, cl- it had great plot. Uh, and it was a little convenient. But it had even better characters. And it was visually striking. It had everything. It had every element. So we cannot go against the Mary and Blake commitments anymore. Okay, Outlander has to be balanced from now on. <laughs> Okay, Ron. Okay. Ron, I know you're listening, but so uh, I, I'm, I'm going to give I'm him a call later. For him. <laughs> okay, Don wrote in and said, "Frank, wow, with one single tear in his face, it spoke volumes. It said that he had the family that he always wanted. You saw him bond with a baby right away. That he was so relieved to have the possibility of a wife yeah. and a daughter." This one was from Claire. She says, number one, regarding Ross dying off stage, you may have missed it in the noise, but Murtaugh informs Jamie on the battlefield that he'd accomplished his mission and gotten the Lally Brock men away. No battle for them. And uh, Claire, I will admit that is something that I missed. I didn't I didn't see that. Number two, I believe Murtaugh is dead, not because of the book, but because there is no way he wouldn't be at a wounded Jamie's side if he was not. Regarding what Blake called the over-the-top misogyny, I actually lol to Blake, honey. Now, maybe you know how women who grew up with that BS feel. Believe me, it is not exaggerated. <laughs> and she says, oh dear, I hate to, I hate to uh, burst the OBGYN prediction bubble. But in the last episode of season two, Brianna tells Roger her mother is a, well, go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> five. I share. You get to say interesting. Yes. Uh, five. I share Mary's anticipatory glee at what lies ahead. But again, don't expect BJR Redux. Life goes on and challenges await, but they are always different ones. And lastly, Claire says, "I was wondering if you caught a Battlestar Galactica reference. Where are you?" So say we all. In episode 301, Claire comes to Jamie as he is lying on the battlefield. She reaches out to touch his face and asks, are you alive? Those were the first words spoken in the pilot for Battlestar Galactica, spoken by Six on the armistice station just as the Cylons attacked. She asked the guy who was sitting at the table, do you remember that? The, the, 
sixth with the red dress walks up all sultry and everything and the guy's sitting at the table and he's like okay they were meeting for like a peace agreement and then all of a sudden claire uh the six sh- sits on the desks touches the guy's face and says are you alive <laughs> and he's like yeah yeah and she said prove it and then the the base ship blows up the whole the whole station mm-hmm. that is how Battlestar galactica started so um, Claire walking alone, then touching Jamie mirrors what Six did. Uh, by the way, the website is incredible. And just for posterity's sake, Claire, I am so sorry. I did not make that. I didn't. I didn't make that connection, and I am ashamed. I am very ashamed. Oh, Blake, it's my it's my BSG. I can't. I can't let that go. It's okay. So say we all. It's time for all right. voicemails. All right, let's do it. Hey, Mary and Blake, this is Donna, and I have been sitting on my hands since Tuesday because this episode, if this is any indication of how the season's going to go, it's going to be fabulous. <laughs> um, my good, bad, great, my good, all of Boston, Cat and Tobias knocked it out of the park. In those last two scenes, spoke volumes. No matter what happens, Claire and Jamie have what Claire and Jamie have gone through. Life goes on. The bad saying good. Goodbye to Rupert and Murtaugh. The great, I have two greats. That battle scene, oh my God, the staging of that was spectacular. And finally, my best great is, the. as a book reader, we finally get the answer to that burning question of who killed Black Jack Randall and who caused the injury, that serious injury to Jamie. Mm-hmm. And you had to be in the theater when that happened because they was cheering and they was clapping. So my kilt rating for this is 99. I'm sorry. I know you only go to five, but <laughs> I have to save the 100 for the print shop. <laughs> have a good day. Bye. Oh, Donna. You, Love it, Donna. I, Donna, every time you call, you just you just make my heart shine just a little bit. Because Love that, it. That's my Boston girl. Right? She, she is, she's like the star she's of the show. Awesome. She's so awesome. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Lisa Perkis from San Diego. Uh, I've never called the hotline before. This is fun. I've been listening to you guys since the first season. Well, and hi. I just want to thank you for your podcast and also especially for the Facebook page. Um, I've met so many people there in person and online, and it's just such a great community. So thank you so much for that. And um, so... I was one of the people that got to go to Comic-Con and watch the episode early. So I've been like waiting to talk about this episode (laughs) since July. And I'm so excited to to see what you guys think of it and what um, everyone else thinks of it. And from the initial Facebook page post, it seems like everyone really um, is loving it, which is good. Because I couldn't tell if I was loving the episode because of all the emotion of, you know, being at Comic-Con and everyone is so pumped up and then, you know, you're watching the show knowing that, you know, every, the cast is there and, you know, so at the time I loved the episode. I was crying a lot, you know, I was just like, oh my gosh, it's the best. But then later I was like, okay, was it the best or am I like, <laughs> um, you know, just thinking it's the best because of the emotion. So, Upon the rewatch, I watched it last night <clears throat> when it came out early. Um, 
you know, I, I still think it's amazing and I'm glad everyone else likes it too. So just, um, try and be concise. The, the good things that I really loved about the episode, um, I liked how they did the battle of Kalata and just in bits and pieces. I know Ron wanted to do the whole thing at, in one chunk, but I think this was really effective just going through what Jamie is kind of remembering in bits and pieces. We see Murtaugh briefly. That's going to be an interesting discussion. Um, what is Murtaugh's ultimate end? Is it going to be the same as in the books, or are they going to do something different? That's going to be interesting. And then the the confrontation with Blackjack is just incredible. I mean, Tobias was incredible, and Jamie, like, their expressions, um, that bonus for the book readers that we see exactly what happens between them. Um, and then just when Blackjack reaches out towards Jamie at the very end, I just, I'd love to hear, um, more about, you know, how that all came about and, uh, it was just incredible. So I love that. The Crofter's Cottage where the wounded were, um, taken out and executed, that was such a nod to the fans. They did that so well. Uh, it looks like we got, we got cut off here. Um, I don't. I, I think it, the the message length just went on a little bit too long. So next time when you call, Lisa, just try to keep it uh, at around ninety seconds or so, if you could. Um, or but so many good points. But and I so love many that, great points. I love that Bushy and Donna have been having to bite their <laughs> bite their lips. You know, like really be quiet because they were able to see the premiere early. Right, and they, they've had to hold it this long. I can't. I can't even imagine that. I'm proud I, of you guys. I'd be like, I gotta get it out somehow. Right? What am I doing? What am I doing? Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Joanne Sutton-Smith from New York City, um, 9-11 today, and um, made uh, uh, Culloden even more kind of meaningful last night. Um, I thought it was an incredible um, episode, probably for me, four and a half kilts. Um, I thought the, uh, the strengths were... Um, Sam Ewan's performance I thought was extraordinary, um, being able to do so much with eyes and, and, and a basically unmoving body and, and breath is an extraordinary performance. Um, Tobias, oh my God, just the way that he um, just can, playing both parts, extraordinary, and Katrina, obviously, for what she did. I think my challenge is for the episode where sometimes it felt like the transitions were not as smooth as they have been. The flashback transitions and um, going back and forth in time felt a little clunky to me. Um, and um, I'm not sure what everybody else felt about that because I haven't listened. But um, that was my, um, my really my only issue. Um, so thank you for everything you're doing. And, uh, have a great week. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, thank you, Joanne. Thank you. Thanks thank you for, for calling call- in. And I will say that I feel like there was a lot of transitions going back and forth, more than I thought they were really going to do. In fact, I thought they were just going to focus in Scotland, in which I would have been happy if they did. I'm glad we got a lot of Claire and Frank. I'm glad we got to see how that the title relates to both Claire and Frank and Jamie at the same time that they're both joining these battles with each other and Mm -hmm. for each other and for Scotland. And 
all those things. Makes tons of sense. But regarding the transitions, I feel like they did the best that they could, meaning anytime that they transitioned, for the most part, it was always close up on somebody's face. Yeah. And then they would transition. Like it, it would be someone's face on one side of the picture or one end of the picture. And then they would move to the transition back in time or forward in time mm-hmm. to another person's face on the opposite side of the frame. Yeah. You know, yep. and, just and, to kind of mirror it yeah, to and, show. Right. And these things are happening at the same time. Well, not at the same time, but they're happening. Th- these lives are being paralleled. And it's a good framing device. It makes sense. It makes sense to the eye. I, I think that they did the, the best job that they could. The perfect example of this transition movement is when you see the transition from Frank laying on the couch. I'm sorry, uh, Jamie laying uh, in, in the dark. And then it transitions on one side and then transitions to Frank mm-hmm. on the other side in the dark and Frank's face on the other side of the frame. That yeah. It's the perfect transition in my opinion. I love it. Uh, so I think that's uh, that's that. And we got one more. Hey, it's Teddy. Potter hey, Teddy. In New Jersey. Hope you guys are well. I love the live Facebook uh, activity along with the blog. Uh, the podcast, I mean, and I recommend everybody listen to the podcast again because the distraction of the typing and the responding kind of interfered with my Mary and Blake concentration. <laughs> so that's what I recommend. Um, also, I wanted to mention a couple things that I actually heard this time by listening again to the podcast. And I know that Blake has... You know, you haven't read this book, but Jamie was a leader, uh, considered a leader in the, in in Prince Bonnie Prince Charlie's army, and therefore many of the Highlanders knew him, respected him, deferred to him. So that's why we have a stranger named Killick caring for him and kissing his hand, which I thought was incredibly touching. Mm -hmm. And you'll see more of that as the story evolves. Um, The other thing I wanted to mention is that Rose old under his brother, Lord Mountain's supervision, so it really wasn't that much of a coincidence. Um, The other thing I'm going to say is that, Blake, you're not old, and therefore... (laughs) <laughs> Therefore, people did talk like that back then with those stuffy, snooty, finishing school accents. And the misogyny was a little over the top, but clearly Ron Moore is trying to set the scene for Claire entering a world that is not a woman's world. I love the episode. I love you guys. Bye. <laughs> all the all stars are coming out today right? for, for the for right? the voicemails. Teddy, Donna, this is great. We got Lisa chiming in here for the first time ever. This this is good stuff. Thank you guys and uh, goodbye, goodbye. Bye. <laughs> it's, it's my favorite part of the listener feedback episode. <laughs> my favorite part. Well, you know what my favorite part is what's that? The tweet of the week. Hi-yo. Oh. 
All right, this week's Twitter of the Week goes to at Anner3121. She says, I love Frank, not a book reader, so all I know is Tobias's portrayal. And as far as Claire knows, Jamie is dead, so why not be open to Frank? It won't be the same as with Jamie, but marriage doesn't stay the same either. You have to be committed for the long haul to make it work. I love that people listening know who chose this week's tweet of the week. <laughs> there were some other ones in there too, but I'm just going to say that she's right. I'm not saying that Claire is wrong, but it, it Jamie is dead. He's D-E-D dead. I get it, but it, Frank loved and loves her. And I, I, she did love Frank too. Yes. And I'm not saying that you have to be, the, the, it's the greatest thing of all time. But, you know, wouldn't, being a woman, wouldn't you want to engage in a relationship that is loving? And wouldn't you try to foster that? So here's how I felt. Okay. The first time I kind of went through the, the plot line of Outlander. Um, I thought about Titanic. <laughs> I thought about Titanic, and granted, it is in no way, shape, or form the same scope of uh, Outlander. The mm-hmm. amount of time that Jamie and Claire spent together and their love and all that jazz was far per- far surpassed uh, our characters in Titanic. But at the end of Titanic, you know, the grandmother's talking to her her family and she's like I lived a happy life I had a big family me and my husband you could see a picture of us riding a horse on the beach you know it was great it Mm -hmm. was great I loved Leonardo DiCaprio I loved him come back I'll never let go and then she freaking lets go (laughs) I can't handle it you know Claire wouldn't have done that Claire would have saved him but but I was thinking about it and there are people who lose their loved ones, mm-hmm. you know, they, 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 and then they find someone new and I'm not saying it needs to be the same, but people can love again. Yes. Just like the lady in Titanic. <laughs> My heart will go on and it does. Yes, it does. So it is tough. It is sad. But what we do need to remember is that Claire is pregnant, hormones, hello, and just recently lost the love of her life. So... That's that's what's tough. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's a little tough. I, I'd agree. You know, and she comes back and she's pregnant with somebody else. Oh, by the way, I was pregnant a second time. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot to, to handle. So, what do you do? Go back. Why is this your favorite part? Go back. Why is it <laughs> your favorite I just, part? I just, I just had to do it. I know. I, I had to play it. So that's this week's Tweet of the Week. Uh, yes, and by winning the Tweet of the Week, you get a $25 gift card. Gift card. Uh, wow. this It's the first time I've been doing this in a long time. There we go. That's the reason why. Anyway, um, it, you get a $25 gift card to D. Turner Designs on Etsy, and I will put you in touch with Dawn. She is the best. And she will take care of you. Yes. So that is that. Uh, my love, 
we're, we're closing it out now. We're done. Um, final thoughts. Anything Anything left? I am just so excited that we get to chat with you listeners. Keep the conversations going in the clan gathering. We want to know your feedback about this episode. Don't be shy to like chat with other people and to um, get to see all the action. And stay tuned because... Our Jon Snow, you know nothing, Blake Larson, continues to read <laughs> at least the first book in the series, Outlander, but you can only get his chapter-by-chapter chapter thoughts, Blake's book club, if you uh, become a patron. By the way, I decided I'm going to make a sound drop for Jon Snow. You know nothing, Jon Snow. I'm going to I'm gonna do it from now Good, on. Do it. We're going ha- to have Good. One. You better, because I quoted enough. N- next episode. I have episode. to say it all the time, because fin- you do know nothing. I love you. From, uh, final thoughts for me... Um, you know nothing about the future is what I mean. You know a lot of things. Uh, I love you dearly. What What are your final thoughts? Are you ready for episode two? Um, you yes. know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> what is this? Oh. Wait, not that one. You know nothing, Jon Snow. There, there you go. That's you the go. one, not the sex one. <laughs> not the sex one. Oh my God, go back. Let me hear what I had. I did not rewatch this episode, I you guess. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Yeah, we're not going to use that sound clip. Oh. Nope. <laughs> Not appropriate. Even for an Outlander podcast. You know nothing, Jon Snow. That's the one I like. That's, yeah. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Oh, I like that one, too. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know your people are brave. No one denies okay. that. Well, this okay. This is enough. This is not a Game of Thrones podcast. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Final thoughts for me. My goodness. We can't gracious. have the sex. You know nothing, Jon Snow, anymore? No. Okay. No. All right. No. Good. 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 We'll, we'll just do simple. the other one. Um, final thought for me is... One thing I did not mention in the last episode, which I, for some reason it kind of got past me, was Frank talking to the reverend back while well, writing the letter, requesting help for research on one James Alexander Godzilla Optimus Prime Malcolm Fraser. Mackenzie. Uh, Mackenzie, whatever. Jamf. Jamf. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I, he was accepting it and he was like, all right. I think that is phenomenal. I, I don't know if that happens in the book, and if it does, or if it doesn't, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, for the show, that is amazing. And I love that then it went to, um, or it came from, with, with Jamie being asked if he wanted to write a letter to Claire. Right. And he's like, no, she's gone. She's gone. And here's... And here he is writing a letter to try to find out yeah. more about Optimus Prime. Yep. Like, love it. Oh, my Optimus God. Optimus Prime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's close right. up the show. Let's do it. Ladies and gents, as always, we highly encourage that you make sure you're subscribed to our podcast in your podcast app, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher, any podcast app, or you can listen to us at outlandercast.com. If you haven't yet visited Outlandercast in the real recent future, you're going to want to head on over, especially on a desktop because it looks mighty purdy. So Outlandercast and Outlandercast blog have joined forces because it's the same thing. And now they are housed together at OutlanderCast.com. So it's your one-stop shop. I mean, we've got all sorts of things going on. We have uh, the podcast. We have the blog. We have the community. We are having events. We are everything. Right. So, we, have, we have giveaways. We have the social media. We got the YouTube. We got we got it all. And it's all Outlander-based. And as my beautiful wife but, has put earlier in this episode, I am doing a episode by... I'm sorry. Chapter by chapter 
uh, analysis yep. of Outlander, the first book. I'm only reading the first book. I will never, ever compromise this podcast. And what we do here, which is I don't read the books and Mary does, and I'm just a show watcher. So if you do want to hear my analysis of just the first book, chapter by chapter, please go to patreon.com slash outlandercast and uh, donate as little as $2 a month to the cause, which helps us write and produce and keep all of these things going, including the blog. Uh, it's become uh, an amazing venture. It is. And- We've- We've Sorry. got 170 of you who are patrons. And let me tell you, even if you don't care about Blake's chapter-by-chapter analysis, which, you know, you're missing out. But <laughs> even if you don't, this is just a great way. It's cheaper than a coffee. Yep. Um, and it, it's you get all the month. episodes early. You get all, access to our show notes. You get private chats with um, my wife and I. Uh, you know, you get to interact with us on a level that not everybody does on a very personal way during through Facebook or Twitter or whatever. You get direct access to Mary and I, uh, good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> so uh, another thing I want you to do, too, is the most important thing I think you can do for all of us is tell a friend that we exist. Tell them that this podcast and that the the blog uh, for Outlander Cast exists, uh, because otherwise no one will ever know that we exist i mean they could search for on on the internet or the podcast thing but the best thing is that word of mouth you know like you know when somebody comes up to you and says oh dude you gotta listen you gotta watch this movie you gotta watch this show the same thing exists for podcasts yeah dude listen to this podcast so that's the best thing you could do for us. Huge thanks to Ann Gavin, Bobby Franchella, Peg Cumby, Sue Bellows, Keelan Dow, Meredith Greenberg, Liz Turner, Dana Mott Bronson, Nikki Gastineau, Tara Benton, oh, I guess I said that right, Tara Benton, Jennifer Wilson Vale, Lauren Hutton, Heather Moore, and Marilyn Neenan. Thank you guys for being um, patrons at such a high level that you really, you really help make this possible. And <laughs> for everyone else, we love you, love you, love you. Thank you. All right, guys, much love. I'm Mary. My name's Blake. And you've been listening. You're out of touch here, kiddo. You've been listening to Outlander Cast. <laughs>